you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio Broadcast. And we are moving our radio broadcast over to Spreaker, and that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. So we'll probably just be on Blog Talk Radio for another month or two until we can continue to alert our listeners that we will be moving over there. The program is still available on iTunes and some other platforms, so we won't be on Blog Talk Radio, say, maybe after September or October. So you can look for our broadcast there. You can always search, too, if you put Prophetic News Radio into any of the search engines, in case you don't know how to spell my last name, <laughs> which is P for Peter, U, Z for Zebra, I-O. And because you could say, well, what's what's her last name? <laughs> anyway, I'm stuck with it. but oh, So you can always find it that way by putting in Prophetic News Radio, and it, and it brings up all different searches there so you can find the broadcast we also have our youtube channel and that's under susan puzio and greedy preachers tv which is another smaller one so those are available our new our website propheticnews.com and our books Paula White, President Trump's pastor, the miracle-selling huckster who became the spiritual advisor to the world's most powerful man. Now that's dangerous. And Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? And we'll be updating that book. Probably, hopefully, I'll, I'll get to it by the end of the year. And uh, we'll be changing the title since the book's about six years old now, so... It needs updating, and it is Seed Faith Can a Man Bribe God. It's it's a biography of many of the Word of Faith teachers like Oral Roberts, Marilyn Hickey, Mike Murdoch, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price. So it's about 300 pages, I think, large print. It's very easy to read, and... Uh, so those books are on Amazon. And so also I, uh, I wanted to know if any of you have been experiencing any sound issues with my broadcast. If I know one listener said that especially when I have Jackie on, she's louder than me when he listens. So if you're experiencing any issues with the sound on my broadcast, could you email me and, and let me know? 
susan at propheticnews.com. Also, if you want to contact me, if you have any comments or questions, you can email me, susan at propheticnews.com. And I would appreciate that very much. I think uh, it's very sobering after the, the program that Jackie and I did last week about the Pope and then about this whole issue with Moon, Sun Young Moon's wife, Hak Jahan Moon, and the Unification Church. I think that's one of the most pressing issues if uh, Donald Trump runs again. And I would like to encourage all my listeners that if your pastor supports Donald Trump or if you attend any of these rallies, please ask the question and bring it up, is how can a Christian support someone who praises a antichrist cult leader like Mrs. Moon? The, the whole background of the Unification Church, and that is the church that Sung Myung Moon founded, it was once called the Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianity. And their goal is to unite all religions into one with Mr. Moon, who's now dead, but, but I guess they believe he's coming back as the savior and his wife, as the two saviors of the world. They believe that Jesus did not finish his job on earth because he was murdered. And so God is grieving over that. And so Mr. Moon and his wife had to come back and unite the world again into one religion and with, with Moon as the savior. It's very frightening to, uh, to think about this. And to, when you hear, and if you go to my YouTube channel, I just made a video about it, Paula White, Trump, Jim Jones, and Mrs. Moon. And I would encourage you to go over and watch it because you'll, you'll see video clips of the moons and it'll give you a greater understanding to this whole situation which causes me to shudder when I think about it. I, I've been reading a couple of books that were written by uh, especially Nan Sukong, the uh, former daughter-in-law of Mrs. Moon. She was married to his son Ho Jin who had drug problems and adultery problems and other terrible problems. And I guess it would you would have to have some psychiatric problems if your father was telling you that he's the Messiah and you know your father's not a perfect person. And then the children were told they were born without sin and they get a messianic complex. So it would be very difficult to be married to somebody like that. Anyway, she, she uh, says in her book many testimonies of uh, what she had to endure and the, and the fabulous riches 
of the moons who, like the Catholic Church and like the miracle sellers of today, the pimp preachers, they sell miracles, they sell hope to people, and the Unification Church did the same thing or is doing the same thing where they would charge people thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on what you could pay, to uh, get relatives out of hell and uh, to promise people entrance into heaven. It's very, very diabolical. And uh, then in another book, they uh, show the association over the years, and this has been going on for many, many years, especially where Moon Unification Church has made inroads into politics. And they wanted uh, politicians to accept them, to give them credibility, even if the politicians didn't really know them. Like Trump says, Mrs. Moon's an amazing person and she's doing a tremendous work. Well, I don't think he's ever met Mrs. Moon. And what does he even know about her? Obviously, he didn't do his homework when he was making stupid statements like that. And then he credits Paula White, his spiritual advisor, with telling him all the great things Moon is doing. How could, uh, how could they even say anything like that when these people are evil? This is pure evil. And when you hear Paula White making the statement, and you can hear it in my video on YouTube where she says that Mrs. Moon comforts God's heart. So I wonder to myself, because I've heard her say this a few times, and I'm thinking to myself, why is she saying that Mrs. Moon is comforting God's heart? Well, the reason I found out in this book that I was reading about the Moon's a biography that the, the uh, moons believe that God was left in limbo after Jesus was murdered because he didn't have anybody then to finish the work of salvation. So the moons came along and they were going to finish the work, Mr. and, Mr., Mr. and Mrs. Moon, that Jesus didn't complete. And then that would bring comfort to God's heart. So Paul is saying, in other words, that Mrs. Moon is comforting God's heart because she's doing this work for the Lord. It's such deception. And it's very, very frightening. I, I, I don't believe Donald Trump is a criminal, and I don't believe all, the, all that junk that the uh, press is putting out. I think the main issue that we as Christians have to look out for is this association with the cults. And the, the acceptance of a man that, how is he going to run a country when he can't even figure out who Mrs. Moon is? And he can't figure out who Paula White is. So I would encourage you, and, and please, if your pastor uh, talks politics in the church and they're supporting Donald Trump, the best way to get the word out, because I've been emailing people, all kinds of people that are involved in all these political groups and high-profile people, they never answer me. And uh, I'm asking them the question on Twitter and on their Facebook pages and whatever, and I'm asking them, how could you, what do you think about Trump endorsing Mrs. Moon? and being a paid speaker for, for her. He's being paid 
who knows if he's being paid millions. They paid the Bushes millions of dollars to speak, be a speaker for Moon and to hawk for Moon. And they're doing the same thing to uh, Hola White and Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo and Newt Gingrich and Donald Trump. How can we have any confidence in a man that would sell himself out to the moons? And as Christians, no, we can't vote for these kind of people. Forget about it. No, I'm not going to do it. Unless he repents of this evil. We don't lead people over to cult leaders that don't have any good thing in mind, especially for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I would encourage you, speak up, let me know. Email me and let me know that you did speak up and what the answer was. Ask them the question, see if they can give you a good answer. Because how could we support somebody like this that's selling out to a cult leader? I totally lost respect for him over that and over the fact that they didn't 100% ban the selling of the uh, aborted baby tissue during uh, the Trump administration. So I could, I could never vote. I can't cast my vote as a Christian to endorse people that don't stand up for my values and don't, don't tell me your, don't put out press releases and then have your so-called spiritual advisor who doesn't know Jesus herself putting out information about you accepting the Lord and you're a Christian. No, you're not a Christian, and either is Paula White a Christian. No true born-again believer accepts money from an, uh, an evil, wicked cult to spew their propaganda to a lost and dying world and try to make them look legitimate. It's nothing that we should ever be involved in. And if you're invited to speak you should always do your homework and find out who the invitation is coming from. I don't care if I get invitations. I have my broadcast, and I'm free to say what I want to say here. So I'm not looking for anybody to uh, invite me. If they do, that's fine. I, I, I'll do my best to check it out and to find out who's inviting me and to see if I want to associate my ministry because that's another thing you see. You see people hooking up with people, inviting people onto their broadcasts, and they don't check the person out. And then when you invite somebody, you're basically endorsing them. You're giving them an endorsement by having them on your, your broadcast. So I see that happening more and more, where there's some questionable people out there that are in, in, in uh, the ministry, I put that in quotes, and people invite them on their broadcast because they might have some information about the new age or whatever, and so they think, well, I should have this person on without really checking into their background and listening to some of the testimonies that people have given, which some of the testimonies are a little shady, and uh, so we have to be more selective in who we listen to. And if people are compromising, 
for filthy lucre's sake or for fame and fortune, then just we have to write those people off. Of course, let them know, but let them know in a nice way. Don't start ranting and raving. You can point things out. And uh, if you have evidence, don't uh, rant and rave about something when you don't have any proof and accuse people of things when you don't have any proof of what you're talking about because you'll turn people off like that. If you're going to approach uh, your pastor or you, you're going to approach any ministry leader, if you go to any of these conventions especially, and if you can happen to have a word with some of these people that are the speakers at these conventions, and you could ask them in a nice way. Don't go up to them and start telling them off and telling them they're stupid and they're crazy or whatever. But ask them the question, how could you support somebody that is uh, speaking for and praising a cult leader that calls herself God? And see if you can get an answer. We're called to be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, so we have to be diplomatic in our in in our approach to uh, to people that we're trying to reach, I I've probably I've contacted maybe twenty people in the past week or so, especially about this thing with Trump and Moon, and I haven't received one reply. I I would like I'm asking them to dialogue with me. What do you think about this? They won't answer you. And you would think that in the day of all this communication that we have, all these open channels, we have email, we have, uh, sometimes they have telephone numbers, but you don't talk to anyone really that works for their ministry. You're talking to somebody they just hired to answer the phone. And so you can't, it's so hard to get a message to people. I've emailed several uh, of these prominent people that are into politics and ministry and ask them that question, these people that are really pushing for Trump, believing that he's some kind of a messiah or something, but the guy can't even get it straight when it comes to who Mrs. Sung Young Moon is. That's pretty bad. <laughs> if I were a politician... If I were a politician running for the highest office in the land, I would want to know who I was praising. And you have so many people working for you, and you could say to them, could you please find out who this person is and give me some background information on this person? And the fact that that's not done, or maybe they they know and they don't really care because the, uh, the moons have been at this since probably the 1980s, is trying to get a political foothold into uh, American politics and, of course, having the Washington Times, which has been a loser financially for them, but it's given them political clout. And then they get invited to events and they were at once more active as far as having these political action committees and different, they've had so many different associations and we'll talk about that in some programs to come so that um, you can understand even more what to look out for because they, they were giving money to Ralph Reed's accepted money from... Uh, the moons in the past, Gary Bauer, 
Tim LaHaye did. He accepted money. Jerry Falwell. It's shocking. It's shocking, really. That And look at how uh, Jerry Falwell's children turned out. Falwell Jr. winds up with a messed up life and being kicked out of the university as the president. Jonathan Falwell goes and speaks for Mrs. Moon and praises her. What kind of children did he raise? What did it profit a man to gain the whole world? And uh, I'm not saying Jerry Falwell wasn't saved. I believe he was saved, but he was very misguided. And he misled people. So you can see the fruit of that and how he, his children turned out. They grew up in the, in the home with him, so. But the, the, uh, the Unification Church has a long history of deception and having different political organizations and trying to come together with Christians for family values and for parental, for parents, and, and it all looks good on the outside. But we're not supposed to align ourselves. I don't care what they're saying as far as, let's unite under freedom of religion and let's unite under uh, sexual purity and the different things that they tried to have in common with Christians. We don't unite with the Antichrist for anything, for anything. We don't have anything to do with it. And you can say no. If you're desperate for money for your ministry, then get a job and support the ministry yourself instead of taking money from Antichrist cult leaders to support your work. What good is that going to do in the long run? It's not going to do any good that you've compromised everything that you've worked for all your life and everything you believed just so that you could have money for a ministry. You can have a ministry on the internet. You could get a, a website. A website will still cost you something and not much, but it, it'll still cost you some money. And uh, you can get a radio program. It won't cost you a lot of money. It'll cost you a little bit of money. But if nobody supports you, you can find a way to support it yourself if you're so uh, inclined or you feel like God's called you to do something. Everybody can do something because everybody's got a mouth that, and we can open it, and that doesn't cost anything. So... If uh, people don't support your ministry financially and somebody comes along and it's the devil that wants to give you money so that you can have a big ministry and you can be on television and you can be well-known and, and your book sales will go up, what, what's that going to profit when you lose out with the Lord Jesus Christ? At the end of the day, you have to be able to lay your head down on your pillow and say, and have Jesus say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If the Lord wants you to have a ministry, you won't have to compromise anything. God will just give it to you, and it'll be, it'll be yours. And uh, whether or not 
you're you're uh, financially supported by the public at large, you can find a way to do your work. And then you can sleep well at night. And when it comes time to meet the Lord, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I think we all want to hear that. (laughs) I think we all want to hear that. And just like myself, now I was involved, I was saved in 1981. And I was involved with the Word of Faith movement. I I was in full-time ministry for many years, traveling the world and preaching the gospel in, in different churches and women's organizations and Bible colleges. And, and uh, it took 15 years to realize, and, and I had questions, really, I had questions all along, of being in the Word of Faith movement. And there's some very good people. Not everybody that's involved in Word of Faith is wicked. Uh, There was many wonderful people that I met over the years that truly loved the the Lord. They didn't have all their doctrine straightened out. No, they didn't. But we can't just throw everybody away and uh, because they don't uh, believe the same things we believe as far as doctrine. We're all learning. We're all growing. We only see through a glass darkly, so not everybody knows everything. So I tell some of my friends, well, you might have met me when I was in the Word of Faith movement, and you and you might have had an apologetics ministry, and you would say, well, how could she be saved and believe that? Well, I was. I was saved, and I and I love the Lord. But I did believe a lot of the Word of Faith teachings. And, of course, later I repented of that and repented publicly of it. And uh, I continued to speak out against the, the these Word of Faith heresies and the Word of Faith teachers and how they mislead people. But I think anybody in their in throughout their whole Christian life, they've probably believed things that, that uh, weren't one hundred percent accurate scripturally. And as you notice, there's a, <laughs> there's so many different views out there, and there'll be people out there that they'll rant and rave about pre-trib and post-trib and. And uh, is there a rapture? Is there not a rapture? And they're they're crazy over uh, these kind of things where they will accuse people of not being saved and going to hell because they have a belief that they don't hold. Well, that's not always 100% accurate. (laughs) Just because somebody doesn't believe that the rapture is real or that uh, there's a 100% chance that we're going to go through the tribulation and then there's people that believe we'll be raptured before the tribulation period starts. And so you have these warring factions out there. Well, why don't you, if you don't agree, why don't you get together and have a debate publicly and do it that way instead of, ranting and raving and and uh 
acting like crazy people because you don't agree on some doctrines. It's not a doctrine that's going to send you to hell because you don't you think maybe we're going to have to go through the tribulation. Whatever we're going to have to go through, and we've been through some kind of tribulation over the last few years. You can't say, people say, well, America's not involved in the end times. Well, what about coronavirus? We were certainly involved in that, and that's a plague. That was a plague, and it still is a plague. We weren't immune from that. So nobody is going to be exempt from the uh, horrors of some of the events that are going to lead up to an, the Antichrist figure that will come on the scene. I believe there is a real man of sin, a real Antichrist that will appear to try to unite the world. We're seeing all the signs now of the new world order, the one world order of the religions coming together, of top political figures appearing for cult leaders and praising them, religious leaders praising them. The handwriting is on the wall, and we can see it, and we have to see it. So there's certain things that should divide us, and then there's other things that shouldn't divide us where we're warring with one another over whether the rapture is going to happen at this time or it's going to happen at that time, whether you believe in a rapture, whether you believe that, that the, when the tribulation is, if there is a tribulation, if there is an antichrist, everybody is at a different place in their walk with the Lord. The main thing is, are you born again? Are you really born again? And Jesus said you would know them by their fruits. So you can see some of these people that claim Christianity and claim they love the Lord. You can see the fruit in their life, which is obvious. They don't try to hide it anymore. It's hard to hide things now because they're, you're on the Internet or you're on television or you're on radio. So it's harder for them to hide things where in the past they could they could deny what you were saying about them because there was no evidence. But you can look at you can look at people's videos now, or you can listen to their teachings, and you can kind of spot where they're at. So it's always good to question things, and uh, if you have the opportunity, and you're in some of the cities, I know they have some conferences coming up. Some of these organizations, these political organizations, and this Flashpoint Ministry, and I know they have something coming up in Omaha, Nebraska in September with this Hank Kuhneman where they're all going to be there praising Trump and encouraging people to vote for Trump. But if, you, if you're in Omaha and you could go and you could ask a question of some of these people and ask them about this association with Trump and Mrs. Moon and uh, his so-called spiritual advisor in Mrs. Moon, Ask them the question if you could if you're in in these areas or if you're in the Orlando area. There's plenty of people there too, like uh, Charisma Magazine. If you're near Charisma Magazine, maybe you could go over there and ask them 
what they think about it in a nice way. I don't, not, not uh, like a crazy maniac. <laughs> I mean, a diplomat, an ambassador. Ask the questions and see if you can get an answer. So I encourage you to do that. And also, if you're a pastor, like if you're in uh, Jack Hibbs Church, for instance, in California, ask him the question. I've uh, emailed him. I don't get an answer from him either. I don't know why they won't answer the question. Can you please tell me why you still support Donald Trump? Why you had Mike Pompeo at your church and they're, and they're supporting Mrs. Moon? If you're in California and you're near Jack Hibbs Church and you could get over there and you could ask him the question in a nice way and present yourself as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ and see if you can get an answer. I would love to do it myself, except I'm very far away from California and I'm not going to go there, but I might have listeners that are, are nearby. And uh, if you can't get people to answer your email or to answer you on Twitter or the other social media platforms, the only way to do it is, is, is to ask them in person and to get them thinking because the Christian vote is a big, is a, it's a big vote. They need our votes. And if you want us to vote for these people, then you have to put them on the spot when it comes to issues that are going to affect us down the road, such as the Antichrist and the one world government and one world religion. And we want to make sure that whoever we're voting for as president holds our values, not just saying that they hold our values and trying to make us believe that they hold our values, when meanwhile they're doing evil things in the sight of the Lord. So if you're nearby any of these churches or you're nearby any of these flashpoint meetings that they're doing all over the country, and uh, if you could ask the question of some of these speakers in person and get an answer. Because once you confront them with it, once they have the information, then they have to think about it. Then they have to deal with their conscience. They, then they have to deal with being convicted of the Lord, of what they're doing and what they're promoting. And maybe some of them don't know. But I, I've personally contacted everybody involved with uh, this Flashpoint Ministries, and I don't get an answer from them either. And that, that's very disheartening to me. I expect them to at least answer me and, and uh, let me know why that doesn't bother them, this association with the Unification Church and people that claim to be Christians. It's very, very dangerous, and 
to see the compromise, it's very disheartening. But we all have a voice. We can all do something. So if you're able to do something and you're able to uh, see some of these people in person and go up to them and ask them the question, I, I would be very curious to know what happened. And uh, you can email me, susan at propheticnews.com, and let me know how it went. And, and that's it. If you ask a question of them and then they don't like the question and they, they say, well, you have to leave, or they call security and uh, just leave. That's it. Just leave. Don't start any kind of uh, incident or don't get angry or anything like that. That doesn't accomplish anything, is shouting at people and, and accusing people. It's the best thing is to ask the question and see if you can get an answer. There's 50 states in the union, and there's prob I probably have listeners in most every state, and even in foreign countries. And you can ask these questions of your political leaders, and even if you could get to Trump or some of his people and ask them the same thing. You're not going to get the Christian vote if you're going to continue to uh, make these stupid statements about Mrs. Moon. Because how could I trust you as a leader of this country when you can't even get that straight? It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But anyway, those are some important, very, very important issues in our day. And you can see how easily people can be deceived and misled. And they can sway people by misinformation, uh, by making these false claims of Christianity, by quoting Bible scriptures, uh, pastoring churches. They try to make themselves look important and they try to make themselves look like they're so spiritual. But meanwhile, they have another agenda. They've totally sold out to the devil for filthy lucre, for money. And they'll say, if they could say, and if they could say things about an evil cult leader and compare her to a Christian, what else would they do? Just for money, what else would they do? And we have to ask ourselves these questions. And make a decision that I'm not going to support it. No matter who's president, Jesus is the king. He's still the king. Jesus is still Lord. He has a government. And the government is not of this world. But we as Christians have to do everything we can to get the word out about the deceivers who's deceiving us and what the truth is. We can't buy into the, the political systems of the world. And uh, the people that try to make it look Christian when it's not Christian. 
And as born-again believers, we know what Christianity is. We know who the Savior is. We know the Bible. We don't know everything that's in the Bible, obviously. Nobody knows everything, but... So, we have to make it our life's work, as long as we're here, to speak the truth, to tell the truth, and not to compromise. Because you could see it's so easy for these people to be bought off for conference fees and for television time. You see people compromising and going on some of these wretched networks that are out there. And they don't care what kind of doctrine these people have. As long as they can get airtime on TBN or Daystar or whatever, that's what they care about, is building their ministry. Whether it's the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ or not, they don't care. It's, it's very, very sad. I think we're at a very crucial time right now in the church. No, no matter how, what kind of salary they're going to pay you at a church, what kind of television program they're going to give you, how many plugs they're going to give you for your book, how many times they're going to say you're great, oh, and you're wonderful, and all this. What is it going to matter if Jesus says, I never knew you, depart from me? Nobody wants to hear that. God help us, I'm telling you. But we pray for each other that we all stay strong and that we don't compromise. Because there's temptations out there. But people will tempt you with uh, different offers for your ministry or financial support or whatever. But we have to, we have to turn it down if it means we're going to have to compromise what we believe and what we know to be true. But I wanted to play in the uh, the past few weeks, there's been, oh dear, I'm telling you, there's been some crazy stuff going on with some of these people that claim to be in the ministry. And they have no heart for God's people. Listen to this guy. You've been honoring me. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. Come on. Come on. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. I ain't worth your St. John knit. Y'all can't afford it no how. I ain't worth y'all Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci. You can buy a Movado watch in Sam's. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And y'all know I asked for one last year. Here it is the whole way in August. I still ain't got it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. I don't want to hear no more excuses about what y'all can't afford. You can't afford it because you don't see the value here. Y'all hear from y'all pastor and father. I'm over y'all. I'm over your cheap expressions. Yeah, yeah, that, that guy calls himself a pastor. He's a pester. That's what I call these guys. You know, you're not over me. No, I have news for you. The Lord Jesus Christ is over his church, not you. 
can you imagine going to church on Sunday and this guy gets up there and starts berating you because you wouldn't buy him an expensive watch? Who does he think he is? Yeah. And you notice the people are, are agreeing with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor. They sell Movado watches at Sam's Club. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor. Oh, they wouldn't give you your due when you're up here holding a Bible and, and quoting from it. So we better buy you Mercedes-Benz and we better buy you $60 million jets and we better buy you mansions because we can't quote the Bible for ourselves. We need you to quote the Bible for us. So we'll buy you any kind of a watch you want, any kind of a car you want. We will worship you and adore you as our over, as our shepherd. No, you're not the shepherd. No, you're not. Jesus is the shepherd. No, you're, you're an under shepherd. You're under Jesus. Everybody's under Jesus. I don't care what title you put before your name. Could you imagine putting up with this guy? This, this goes on in many churches on Sunday. So don't get attached to the building. Don't get attached to the building. Uh, you might not be allowed to go to the building in the future. So if you're attached to the building, and I hear, pe I hear some of these people saying, we don't care uh, what kind of pandemic we have. Nobody's going to tell us we can't meet. <laughs> They're going to tell you you can't meet. And not only that, you think coronavirus was bad. And I've had quite a few friends that died from it and suffered. They suffered from it. So it was no small thing. And I personally didn't care about being in an in a enclosed environment during the height of a coronavirus just so I could go and listen to a sermon. It's not about the building anyway. It's, <laughs> it's not about the building. Ye are the temple. So they might take the building away from you again, and there's probably another pandemic or another plague coming down the road. The Bible predicts it. So I can't imagine going into... Uh, demanding these pastors, demanding that I show up on Sunday in a building when there was Black Plague at one time, uh, there was cholera outbreaks, there was tuberculosis outbreaks. So if, if uh, we have another tuberculosis crisis and you're, you're not supposed to be around people that are coughing, that have tuberculosis, and then people demand that. They're not going to shut down our building, and, and we believe in healing. We don't care what kind of disease people have. We're going to gather in our buildings no matter what. These people are crazy. Sickness is real. Plagues are real. And you can believe in healing all you want. I believe Jesus is a healer, but I, I, I have had people that have died from no people close people in my life that died of cancer. They died and suffered from coronavirus. 
they died and suffered from different diabetes and different diseases. And God didn't heal them while they were on earth. They got healed in the ultimate way when they went to heaven, but Christians go through things. So you can't say, oh, I could be around somebody with tuberculosis and I'm not going to catch tuberculosis because this and that. And, and I've heard some of these crazy preachers say that. They'll never shut down my building again. And they'll never tell me I can't meet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. You're not immune to the things that go on in this world. We're not immune to it. And I, when I look back on the, the events of the last three years, just about three years now, right, that we first heard about this coronavirus, and we were all pretty sobered up about it when it happened. And so uh, now people are coming out of it and they're starting to relax and have fun again, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and go to their meetings. There's nothing wrong with meeting in a building. But <laughs> you might not be able to meet there again in the future. And maybe at one point you might never be able to go to the building. They might close it down forever unless you're following the one world religion script in your building they might not let you meet and then what are you going to do then when you don't have anywhere to go where are you going to go you you run to the lord that's where you're going to go whether no matter where you are if you're in your house in your yard you can still have church if you, if you have a telephone and, and you're able to have a computer and you can still get internet or whatever, you can still have church with your friends. It's not about the building. I think people want to forget what happened. And yeah, we'd like to forget it because it was horrible. But it tested our faith. Who's your trust in? These crazy preachers? And the fact that they want you, for the most part, they want you to come to the building so you can give them 10% so that they could buy mansions and jets and, and boats and fancy cars and watches. Yeah. So I see some of these people, and I, I just shake my head because they are all about coming to the building and they're not going to tell us we can't meet. <gasps> They're going to tell you. They're going to tell you. Yeah. That was only a foreshadowing of what we went through during this whole uh, coronavirus outbreak when it, when it was the churches. And they told you you couldn't meet in your buildings. And then, of course, some people relented and said, yeah, well, uh, no, you can't close down the churches because they're essential. They did it once, and they're going to do it again because we are in the end times. You cannot stop the book of Revelation. You can scream and yell all you want, and uh, they can protest and, and uh, whatever, 
some of these guys because it's all about their building and it's all about their building program and and it's all about their television ministry and it's all about their riches and it's all about 10% and no, it's not going to be about that if we have to go through the tribulation. I myself, I don't, I don't take a stand vehemently about whether there's going to, we're going to go through the tribulation or we're not going to go through the tribulation because I don't really know. And I'm of the mind that whatever happens, I'm going to be ready. I'm not going to put my faith and trust in man. I'm not going to look for some preacher to guide me in case he's not available for me on Sundays. I'm going to have to grow up in the things of God. I'm going to have to get into that Bible for myself. I'm going to have to be totally dependent on God and on the Lord to get me through. And that has to be our attitude. It's nice to go to some nice plush building on Sunday and you have somebody somebody there telling you what the Bible says. There's nothing wrong with that as far as, yeah, we need teachers in the body of Christ. Yes, we need pastors and evangelists. We need those people. But you're responsible for your walk with the Lord. They might not be there for you. They might turn on you like a rattlesnake if you don't do what they want and you don't want to compromise. So don't be dependent on uh, the pastor and on the building. We already had a taste of it. And you can go, go read the book. Go read the book of Revelation and see what's in store. It's not a pretty picture. I don't think I ever saw such desolation as when they locked us down. And I went for a ride down our main highway and everything was closed. Everything was deserted in the middle of the day. It was a very eerie feeling. And I remember one time a few years ago when we had a real bad hurricane and they turned off the electricity for three days and there was such an eerie feeling in the in the air. And I went outside one day and there was an army jeep riding up and down the street. And, and the men were in fatigues, army fatigues. That was a weird feeling to see that. There was, at that time, there wasn't really much damage in our area. But we were being patrolled by the army. So it made me think and it made me wonder how easy it is to close down a society and for there to be a total takeover of our streets and of us. So we still have time. We still have time to work until he comes And we might have to change some of the ways that we do things. I don't look forward to it. I I, I did not like what happened during the whole coronavirus. 
outbreak and then demanding that people get vaccinated with these experimental vaccines that weren't really vaccines that really didn't stop the spread of this thing. And then this thing kept mutating. It, and it just keeps mutating. And, and uh, then, they, then there's some kind of pox that they're trying to give people, some kind of pox that's spreading. So it's all very strange. It's all very strange. But we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. There's, there's people that I know that have suffered terribly, that have lost husbands and wives and children and mothers and fathers over these past few years, and it was awful. The sadness that, and the pain they had to endure. But we're in this world, we're not of this world. And Jesus said in, in the word that we were going, going to have tribulation. And we had a little taste of it. And it was not easy. It's still not easy to see what's happening with the prices of everything. When you think about prices have doubled. When I go uh, grocery shopping, almost everything I buy is just about doubled in price. I don't know how people are making it. And then the price of gas... So we have to depend on God now more than ever. Now more than ever. Here is another guy now. This guy calls himself a pastor. Listen to him. And it's a church that I preach revival meetings and anniversary Sundays and uh, pastor appreciation Sundays and the pastor's anniversary. In fact, I preach there so many times they could hardly get to the seamer uh, a brand new flannel graph board, but what they bring me in to preach the dedication of it. <laughs> That's funny and you're letting on. He said, would you like to know why we're dropping your support? I said, no, sir, but thank you for all those years you supported us. Said, man, I appreciate it. Didn't have to do it. And you were so faithful. It was always on time. And I could always count on it. And man, thank you so much. You, did, you didn't have to do it. He, he said, but, I, but he said, I feel like I owed it to owe you the reason why. I said, you don't owe me anything. You've been better to us than we deserve. Thank you so much. And, and I'll get, before I leave the end of the week for my next meeting, I'll get a formal letter out that you can read in your pulpit thanking your people. And, until then, let me just say thank you so much. He said, I feel that I got to tell you. I said, I don't need to know. My doctor friend, he went on and told me. He said, the reason we're dropping your support is because you're so successful. Mr. Seymour, that's what he said. If I'm lying, I'm frying. That's what he said. I said, excuse me? He said, the reason we're dropping your support is because you're so successful. And he said, we just have a philosophy in our church that when a ministry starts to get successful, we stop supporting it. 
I said, well, my brother, one more time, I want to thank you for supporting us all these years. I guess when you thought we were failures, but I want to thank you for supporting us all these years and you've been better to us than we deserve. But I got to tell you, knowing why you've dropped our support, I'm not apologizing. I'm not backing up. I'm not asking permission from anybody for God to bless me. Hello? And there's going to be some people that you're going to draw strong criticism because you're not a loser like they are. Wow. Yeah, you're not a loser like they are. Wow. Imagine going to uh, that place on Sunday. <laughs> Guy tells you. <laughs> you're a loser. They're losers because they won't support you. Oh, yeah. That, that doesn't sound very edifying. Yeah, but people sit, they sit in these, these places and they listen to that. And they applaud. Yeah. Oh. Here, now, here's, a, here's, here's another guy. Three different jets in my life and, I, and used them and just burning them up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Televangelist Jesse Duplantis says God himself told him it's time for an upgrade. He said, I want you to believe me for a Falcon 7X. So I said, okay. A Falcon 7 jet like this one to preach to more people around the world. And he's asking his followers for the $54 million. I really believe that if Jesus was physically on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. From his Louisiana headquarters, Duplantis is among a group of televangelists who preach that their wealth is God's will. This preys upon the poorest people that want and need money badly, where they're told if they give money, God's going to bless them a hundredfold. Duplantis lives in a 35,000-square-foot mansion, tax-free. He's asking everybody who has less than he has to pay for this jet, and I, I don't get that, you know? Fellow televangelist Kenneth Copeland recently bought a $36 million Gulfstream 5 jet. Praise God. Isn't that good? The two have commiserated about how they can't fly or pray with commercial airline passengers. This dope-filled world, right. get, in an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right, that's exactly the And it, it's deadly. We asked Jesse Duplantis and his ministries for comment, but they declined to respond. So far, no indication whether he's received any contributions for his jet. <laughs> Must be nice. Wow. Oh, here's another guy that needs an expensive jet. Now you see why the devil tried so aggressively to discredit my voice. I'm on my sabbatical, and the enemy's trying to discredit me. Heck, I found out this past week I was supposed to have been in jail <laughs> for stealing the tides. <laughs> and day before yesterday, they were transferring me from one county to the other one. <laughs> I sure wish somebody would have told me. <laughs> found out my real name is not Creflo Dollar. <laughs> you know what it is? It's Michael Smith. <laughs> can ever get in the dome unless you show your W-2 form. What you say 
Are you listening to what I'm saying? The enemy has got to discredit the voices of faith and grace and truth because he don't want you to know that you can walk on the water if you can look at Jesus. I got to discredit that man before he starts showing people Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you think it was something for me to believe God, and let me tell you something about me believing God. I can dream as long as I want to. Can believe God as long as I want to. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me from dreaming. You can't stop me from dreaming. I'm going to dream until Jesus comes. And here's another thing I want you to understand. That if they discover life on Mars, if you think a $65 million plane was too much, if they discover that there's life on Mars, they're going to need to hear the gospel, and I'm going to have to believe God for a billion-dollar space shuttle because we got to preach the gospel on Mars. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, that, that must be nice, right? Uh, the fact is he can believe for whatever he wants, but if you're sending out appeal letters and you're telling everybody uh, that you need a $65 million jet, that's really not faith. Faith is when you're in your house and you're crying out to God that you need a new jet and you don't tell anybody. So that's not really faith when you're, when you're uh, collecting money for your jet. And he needs a $65 million jet so he can fly all over the place and accept invitations when... Look, Creflo... Everybody in your congregation has a Bible, so everybody's responsible. It's nice that you're there every week and you're, you're a Bible teacher, but they're responsible for reading the Bible for themselves, whether or not you're there. But when you're telling people that they have to come every Sunday because they have to hear your voice and people are trying to silence your voice, they don't really need your voice. They need the Lord's voice. And that's what pastors should be telling people. Yeah, I'm here on Sunday, and, I, and I'm taking my time, yes, to study the word and, and to teach you the word, but ultimately, you're responsible for learning the word yourself because I might not be here next week, so then what are you going to do? But this whole idea of making people totally dependent on the Sunday morning sermon is wrong. And it's not going to fly in these end times. And you don't need a $65 million jet to go flying all over the place to, uh, to preach when you have radio, you have TV, you have internet. And uh, you can do a lot of that just like that. You don't have to have... Uh, spend hundreds of millions of dollars flying all over the place when there's people in those countries and those places that are preachers too. So it's ridiculous. It, it's vanity. And uh, they don't really need these jets. They go from one meeting to another and they and it's church politics. You invite me to your place, I'll invite you to my place. And then it's ultimately about the offering. That's what it's ultimately about because there's, 
they could pay people in the in uh, these countries that they go to to uh, preach, and they don't even physically have to be there. But, but the gospel is big business, and these people treat it like it's such. And you heard. Uh, that was a famous quote from Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis saying they didn't want to go fly commercial because there was demons. <laughs> There's demons on those planes and they can't be around all those demons in the, in those tubes when they're going to do this important gospel ministry, when they're actually going to minister to demons, people with, with demons, when they go to these meetings, how do they know who's got demons when they get to these meetings? But they don't want to fly on planes with people with demons. No. They have to have $35 million jet, $65 million <laughs> Yeah, believe all you want to, but don't be collecting, sending out appeal letters and be collecting offerings for your jets, and then you call it faith. Then you call it believe in God. No, that's not believe in God. That's believing people will help you buy your jet. That's what that is. Here's another famous person, a blast from the past. That word's not for everyone, but it's a particular person. You should have moved a long time ago. You're missing it, and your family's suffering by it. That's a word. As surely as I'm speaking by the Spirit of God, that is a word for a person right now. That is God penetrating your heart. It's burning on the inside of you, and you need to make a vow of faith of $1,000. Oh, Bob, couldn't you say 25 No. You can't make a $1,000 vow of faith. I'm saying in faith. So we got people that don't have, teenagers that have no, hardly nothing going for them. They got enough faith to make a $1,000 vow and send a little $5 here and $10 there as God begins to move like a whirlwind in their lives. Because they don't have that old programming of religion. Well, this isn't the way we do it in my church. Forget your church. I'm talking about what God says. And if you want the kind of miracles that are in the Bible, you're going to have to do what God said to do. And I've got the faith to believe they'll come to pass. This is hot soil for anyone that's got the faith to sow into it right now. I mean right now. I mean right now, not tomorrow. That's part of your problem. God's already spoken a word to you and told you to do it. You need to do it right now. If you'll start now and get your seed of faith into the ground, it'll begin to grow and God begin to begin to move. There's that person with that job again. I'm telling you, there's a person that has a terrible situation, a job, and it's caused a financial problems. It's brought unnecessary pressure and stress upon the home and the family. And it's, here's, another, here's another part of it. It's caused incredible arguments um, uh, between you and your husband and your spouse and your mate. It's, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is somebody's day of harvest. It's, you see, there's a time to fast and a time to feast. There's a time to sow so there'll be a time to reap. <laughs> I guess it's going to cause a lot of arguments when... Uh... You tell your husband or, or your wife when you're having financial problems, let's take $1,000 and send it to Bob Tilton. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would cause a lot of arguments. I know this. He goes, thank you, Lord, like he's hearing from God. Like he says, well, you got to get that seed in the ground so God will move. What does he think God does? Like uh, he jumps off the throne when he sees... 
$1,000 coming his way? It's so stupid. Oh, but, these, but Tilton's been at it for 30 or 40 years now. Yeah. He's still at it, even after he lost his church and he lost his television ministry, and he's still at it. That's because it works. Here's another blast from the past. Reverend Peter Popoff wants you to know that God can reverse every negative verdict in your life. You don't have to live a life sentence of lack and defeat. You can be free to enjoy all of God's richest blessings. That's why he wants to send you your free packet of Miracle Spring Water, your point of contact for the miracle you need, now in a larger size. I had been in two car accidents, and the doctors kept saying, well, here, you got to take painkillers. I used your Miracle Spring Water, and it's gone. The bank said, tell me that I could not get another home. I prayed, I believed, I followed every instruction, and on May 26th, we closed on our dream home. Stop settling on less and reach for God's best. God is a God of more, and now there's more Miracle Spring Water in a new, larger packet. You have sent me the water, and I use it. You told me I was going to get a check for $7,000. Sure enough, I got a check in the mail. It was exactly $7,000. Another check for $4,700 for me to move to New York City. Glory to God. Supernatural wealth transfer. I will send you the miracle spring water. I'll send you the instructions. I'll tell you how to use it to see total victory in every area of your life. Act now. Call the number on your screen today and get your free packet of miracle spring water. Isn't it amazing to see what God is doing? Yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> That's pretty amazing because I don't see any scripture for Miracle Spring Water. <laughs> oh, oh, can you imagine? You write this guy a letter, hurting people, hurting people. He sends you back a, a package of a, a little vial of water. And uh, that's supposed to give you a miracle. Well, he, he's been very successful, uh, Peter Popoff. He's still on television. You see him on the so-called Word Network that I call the Unword Network. Yeah, you could see him there, him and his wife, still up to his old tricks, even after he was exposed as being a fraud. <laughs> oh, God help us. It, it's terrible. That is, that is not funny to take care of, uh, to take advantage of hurting people the way these people do for money. It's to make people believe that somehow if they send the donation along with, uh, if they send in a donation and then they're going to get back this packet of Miracle Spring Water, and that's not going to do anything for you. No. Whatever you need from God is free. You don't have to send in any offerings to get God to do things for you. If you want to support a ministry, then that's up to you and God. And you do it because you love the ministry or you love the Lord's work. And that's the reason you do it. You don't do it because you want a packet of Miracle Spring Water or you want some sand from Israel or whatever other trinket they're going to offer you. 
it's really twisted and perverted, but anyway, let's listen to a little bit of a scripture from Peter. An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Chapter 2 But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be. Amen. Well, you say, what hope do I have? Oh, we have hope. We have hope in the Lord. God is still on the throne. This is his world. And no matter what you're going through today, God loves you. And he'll get you through. For from those in my audience who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can ask him to come into your life today. You can ask him to forgive you of your sins. No matter what sin it is, God can forgive you and give you a brand new life. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He died for your sins so that you could have eternal life. 
and that you could be born again. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord today. Ask him to save you and to forgive you of your sins. There's only one person that can give you real peace and real joy, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a loving Savior, and he's there for you today. He's just a prayer away. Enjoy this beautiful song. No one knew how long I was feeling And the emptiness I tried so hard to hide Though I laughed and said my life was fine without you I was covering up the secret tears I cried Then one day someone told me of your mercy And the love you showed that day on Calvary There you died, the purchase of my redemption when you broke sin's power and set my spirit free. face the problem. 
you can. 